Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. We all think about loyalty and the point at which perhaps our loyalty would fail. We all have probably some sort of a breaking point and we wonder what exactly that point might be. How hard would it have to get before our loyalty breaks? Now, loyalty is one of the most valuable character traits. God expects us to be absolutely, wholeheartedly, unwaveringly loyal to him. And there is a wonderful example of this kind of loyalty in the Bible. In fact, the Bible prophesies of a loyal warrior priest in 1 Samuel 2, verse 35. And I will raise me up a faithful priest who shall do according to that which is in my heart and in my mind. And I will build him a sure house and he shall walk before my anointed forever. As Philadelphia Church of God, Pastor General Gerald Flurry explains in his book, The Former Prophets, which you can get for free at thetrumpet.com. This verse prophesies of Zadok, the priest. Zadok is the prophesied loyal priest of 1 Samuel 2, verse 35. He remained faithful from the very beginning of David's reign all the way to the end. King David could absolutely rely upon Zadok. Page 152 of the former prophets explains how Zadok fulfills this prophecy. Now, Zadok was a warrior long before he was ever a priest. First Chronicles 12 verse 28 calls Zadok a young man, mighty of valor. This was at the time when David needed loyal men. And thankfully, some loyal men came forward. Page 153 of the former prophets talks about Zadok being this mighty man, this strong man, and then going into page 154. Mr. Flurry writes on page 154 of the former prophets, when you look at this world, do you see that kind of a strong man becoming a priest or a minister? This is unusual. Zadok, a mighty man of valor, was in control of 22 captains, probably commanding a total of around 900 men who were themselves men of valor. Zadok was a warrior, and he commanded other warriors. He trained other warriors. Notice this is later on in chapter 7 of the former prophets in, a, in the subtitle men of war fit for the battle on page 163 
Mr. Flurry quotes 1 Chronicles 11, verses 22 and 23. Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man of Kabzeel, who had done many acts. He slew two lion-like men of Moab. Also, he went down and slew a lion in a pit in a snowy day. And he slew an Egyptian, a man of great stature, five cubits high. And in the Egyptian's hand was a spear like a weaver's beam. And he went down to him with a staff and plucked the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and slew him with his own spear. Again, that's First Chronicles 11, verses 22 and 23, describing the mighty man, Benaiah. But what's interesting about all of this is that Zadok trained Benaiah. Zadok, the ultimate warrior, training other mighty warriors like Benaiah. Benaiah was a trained soldier, and he could certainly put away the enemy. That's what he's known for in the Bible, a fearsome man. So what kind of a man must it take to train someone like that? Now, this is really important for us to understand and to emulate because God expects his people today to be warriors, just like David, Zadok, and Benaiah. We have to be men of war fit for the battle, as it says in 1 Chronicles 12, verse 8. Mr. Flurry writes on page 164, God has called us to be spiritual soldiers. We are here to take on the worst Goliath of all time, Satan the devil in his worst wrath. We must be fit for this spiritual battle. Now, that's something that maybe we don't always think about enough. Just the fact that we are supposed to fight. The fact is, though, our enemy is invisible. It's pretty hard to think about how we're fighting when we can't even see the enemy. This is page 164 again from Mr. Flurry in The Former Prophets. We must learn to war and fight like these tough soldiers who had faith in God and who really loved each other. God is telling us he wants us to be tougher. We need to become warriors like Zadok and Benaiah and their sons. We can have their kind of courage because, like them, we have the unlimited power of God behind us. Later on, it says we must fight. We must fight to do spiritual battle every day. We have to fight to remain faithful to the great God. We have to fight to get our prayer in. We have to fight thinking that we are too busy to pray. If you get too busy to pray to God and don't fight to put him first in your time, then you are in the carnal zone. Never allow that to happen. That's pages 164 and 165 of the former prophets. So Zadok was a warrior training other warriors long before he was ever a priest. Now think about the training Zadok must have gone through. The years of preparation in private to be ready to be a warrior. 
and then to be ready for more responsibility as a priest, eventually the chief priest of God under David. All this responsibility that Zadok kept on taking on. He became a soldier. Then he became a trainer of other soldiers. Then he became a priest. I love to think about this concept of private preparation leading to public performance. We do prepare in private, in our spiritual time with God. And sometimes we do that for many years before God gives us more responsibility to serve him, to do his work, to help in the church. But that private preparation leads to public performance. God sees if we're putting in the necessary effort every day, and he'll reward us with more responsibility. We just have to fight like Zadok. Now, Zadok was intensely loyal to King David. There was really no breaking point for Zadok's loyalty. That's maybe something not all of us can say about ourselves, that we have unbreakable loyalty no matter what. God tested Zadok's loyalty over and over again, and Zadok passed the test every single time. Notice here, 1 Kings 1 verse 8, but Zadok the priest and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada and Nathan the prophet and Shimei and Rei and the mighty men who belonged to David were not with Adonijah. This was the second time that a son of David tried to overthrow him. David betrayed by his son Absalom, then by his son Adonijah. Yet here in 1 Kings 1 verse 8 is listed the only leading men loyal to David. Zadok is at the top of the loyalty list, even through the second rebellion against David. He did not go with Adonijah. Now, Adonijah didn't even think to invite these men <laughs> to his coronation feast. Adonijah knew better. He knew that Zadok and these other men would not go along with him, that they would stick with David. This is from Ezekiel, the end time prophet, another excellent book written by Mr. Flurry that you can get for free at the trumpet.com. Page 168 here of Ezekiel, the end time prophet, Mr. Flurry writes, that is why God calls his very elect sons of Zadok today. We are loyal to the throne of David from beginning to end. Even if we faltered for a time, we repented. Sons of Zadok is a perfectly fitting name for the loyal Philadelphian remnant in this end time. God is referring to the ministry first of all, but that label also includes all of God's faithful people because we all will be kings and priests, God's royalty. This is a special honor. God really does expect us to be loyal like Zadok. 
and he even will call us sons of Zadok. If we come out of the world and into God's church and do God's work before the return of Jesus Christ, we are called sons of Zadok. And here in the Ezekiel book, Mr. Fleury writes that there's no other title that he'd rather have than to be a son of Zadok. That is the highest honor, the most distinguished praise that we could possibly receive. On page 171, Mr. Fleury writes, we must qualify to become an eternal son of Zadok. What a vision this is. This is a job God will give us for all eternity because we remained Philadelphian in the midst of the Laodicean rebellion. God is challenging us with this vision. Our eternal reward depends on the choices we make now on a daily basis. Just like Zadok, God's loyal people in this end time have had to endure mass rebellion. When Herbert W. Armstrong died in 1986, the Worldwide Church of God quickly went off track. God used one man, Mr. Flurry, to raise the ruins, as it talks about in Amos 9, verse 11. 95% of the people, though, rebelled. Only a loyal little remnant remained with God. And they are in the Philadelphia Church of God today. But that's tough. Staying the course remaining loyal when everyone around you is turning away from God. That's just like Zadok did following David. Now, you just think about Zadok's situation and how difficult it must have been at times to stay loyal. David was exposed in front of the entire nation of Israel as an adulterer and a murderer. David took Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. Then he sent Uriah to the front lines of a heated battle, knowing that Uriah would die there. David thought that getting rid of Uriah would cover up the evidence that he had stolen Bathsheba and impregnated her. But God saw everything. God knew what was going on. And because David didn't repent for a very long time, God exposed him in front of everybody. And everyone knew what David had done. Zadok understood that David had committed some horrible sins. And yet he knew that God was still working with David. God was still using David as the king. God was not with Absalom or Adonijah. Therefore, Zadok was not with Absalom or Adonijah. Now, even despite these massive rebellions where it might have looked like David's time as king was done, Zadok stayed the course because God was still with David. 
That really is remarkable loyalty. Human beings do sin, but God has to use sinful human leaders. David was a sinner, as are we all. Yet God was still using him, so Zadok stayed loyal. Notice Revelation 3, verse 12. Him that overcomes will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. Mr. Flurry writes on page 175 of the Ezekiel book about this verse. What a majestic honor for the sons of Zadok. They will forever be headquarters personnel because they learned to look to headquarters today from where Christ is leading the 5% of his people who have remained loyal. How beloved they are for their loyalty. Zadok was a pillar of loyalty. The sons of Zadok today are also pillars of loyalty. And our reward is to be at headquarters in the Ezekiel temple during the world tomorrow for a thousand years. Then to be at headquarters in New Jerusalem after the world tomorrow when God himself returns to earth. We'll have the most powerful positions of authority for all eternity because we were loyal today. Because God can trust us no matter what. This is what it says in 1 Samuel 2 verse 8. The pillars of the earth are the eternals and he has set the world upon them. Again on page 175 of Ezekiel the end time prophet. God wants strong people, people who can have the world set upon them and who will remain stable in difficult times. Realize that such pillars must be built over time. They will be in God's kingdom because they were built before Christ's return. It takes time and God must put those pillars through some tests. That is exactly how the Philadelphians are proving themselves today. So when we have trials, when we are struggling to conquer the devil, to conquer our sins, to conquer our carnal human nature, and let God's Holy Spirit flow through us, it's all a part of becoming pillars, becoming sons of Zadok, and all of the effort will be worthwhile. This, again, on page 175 and going into page 176 of Ezekiel, the end time prophet, Mr. Flurry writes, ministers and members in far-flung areas must keep their headquarters focus. Losing that focus is their biggest danger. Christ leads his church, which is his prerogative, as the head of the church. Can we clearly see how having, having a headquarters mentality today leads right into being part of the headquarters temple in the world tomorrow? Everyone on earth will be looking to the place Christ is ruling from. This vision goes beyond Jerusalem in the millennium. 
It goes out to New Jerusalem, out into the universe, and on and on forever. It all revolves around the first commandment. All people must first look to God, which means having no other gods and no other government. We can't experiment with another government. Once we understand this basic truth, God can do so much with us. That might be the most important lesson of Zadok. Zadok was loyal to God's government, understanding that God works through one man at a time from the top down. Zadok was loyal to God's man, the man God was using. That's really what we need to learn today. God was using Mr. Armstrong. Now God is using Mr. Flurry. It's very simple to follow where God is and what he is doing. But will we submit to that government? Will we look to where Christ is doing God's work today? Now, one more inspiring aspect of Zadok's life is how he passed along his loyalty throughout his entire family. His entire family followed his example. This is 2 Samuel 18, verse 27, where David says of Zadok's son, Ahimaaz, he is a good man. Imagine the honor that Zadok must have felt knowing that God's king was calling his son a good man. David thought highly, not just of Zadok, but of Zadok's son and Zadok's entire family. Page 157 of the former prophets, Mr. Flurry writes, there was great loyalty to David's throne in Zadok's entire family. And that loyalty goes on and on into the children, the grandchildren. Zadok's entire line stayed loyal to David. Eternal loyalty. We'll just look at Jeremiah 33 here to conclude. Jeremiah 33, verses 17 through 21. For thus says the Eternal, David shall never want a man to sit upon the throne of the house of Israel, neither shall the priests the Levites want a man before me to offer burnt offerings and to kindle meat offerings and to do sacrifice continually. And the word of the Eternal came unto Jeremiah, saying, Thus says the Eternal, If you can break my covenant of the day and my covenant of the night, and that there should not be day and night in their season... Then may also my covenant be broken with David, my servant, that he should not have a son to reign upon his throne and with the Levites, the priests, my ministers. So here in Jeremiah 33 verses 17 through 21 is a promise of David's endless throne, the line of David continuing forever. We could learn a lot from this promise as well. Not only would there be 
an endless line of David, but there would also be an endless line of ministers preaching about David's throne. There would be an endless line of sons of Zadok. Notice page 177 of the Ezekiel book by Mr. Flurry. God will always have ministers teaching about the throne of David. He will always have a number of loyal Zadok-like ministers. And as you follow those ministers, you also become sons of Zadok. God says, if you can walk outside and see that it is either day or night, (laughs) this covenant is still binding. You can be absolutely sure that there are still sons of Zadok ministers to lead you to God and prepare you to rule on that throne of David forever. Follow those men. And at the end, you will be kings and priests for God. Kings and priests who know how to solve the problems of this world, who know how to implement the government of God, who point people to Christ and to the Father, and who know how to build the family of God. That is the true gospel. There are simply no people on earth more noble than these sons of Zadok. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.